Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 212, The Incredibles 2. You're just one of those that I just don't like. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey there, animation addicts. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling. And I am Chelsea Robson. All right, Chelsea, I have a question for you. If you were a superhero, what would your superhero costume look like? There's lots of options. You've got oh. capes, which we know from this, this movie are a no-go. There's body suits. No there's yeah. the knee-high boots. There's the thigh-high boots. There's, would you wear a mask? No mask? Like, tell me. Tell me your thought process to getting to I mean, Chelsea woman, it depends on how much I've been working out, but you're I a superhero. That, so you are in the fittest of fit. That's shape. true. That's true. Catwoman. I'm definitely down for a Catwoman vibe. Ooh, okay. So full body suit, skin tight. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Nice color. Do you have, do you have a color that you go for? I'd probably stick with the black just because okay. most of the time you'd be out at night. So, oh, so it, you're, you know, it does help. Okay. I'm yes. so boots. Or under the cover um, high heels? okay so yeah there's no i wouldn't do the high heels i would not do that because i i just don't do you can't do all the things that you need to do in high heels or at least i can't i'm not you know as as talented as some all of the superhero comic books beg to differ <laughs> i understand that if i knew that my my heel wasn't gonna break every time that i landed on the ground like maybe i would go for a little bit of a heel there and I, I, they would definitely be the boots all the way up to the, to the knee type boots. Um, so yeah, that's, I would see myself in a Catwoman accent okay. out, outfit. See, for me, I think I would do more of a rogue, uh, you know, and I'm talking nineties oh, okay. rogue. So you have the bodysuit that's really, you know, like a swimsuit. It could be a long sleeved uh-huh. one, uh, but you're showing a little leg. And then I would do a thigh okay. high boot or a knee, knee high, you okay. know, one of the two. And then I just really like that rogue has that, that jacket. So that's what I would do. Yeah. And, and no face mask. Like, I am here. You know who okay. I am. And because of the magic of superhero, you don't know who I right. am. <laughs> so that's anyways, true. That's, that's true. I could probably just wear some glasses and, you know, it's oh, yeah. the whole Clark Perfect. Kent thing going. Perfect. 
cat eye glasses. Nobody knows. Come on. Yes. There you go. There you go. (laughs) All right. So we are excited to do this episode. This one has been a long time coming. The movie itself was a long time coming. I felt like this is a movie that everyone wanted. Brad Bird was constantly, constantly being asked, are you going to do an Incredibles 2? Are you going to do an Incredibles 2? It was, it kind of seemed like we were never going to get it. But then once it was announced, it it seemed inevitable, right? Because this is such Mm -hmm. a beloved Pixar property. One of the best Pixar films, in my opinion. I know Chelsea has a different opinion. So that is what we are going to talk about. We are going to talk about The Incredibles 2. this film before we do let's set the stage the studio pixar animation studios directors brad bird who also wrote the screenplay release date was june 15th 2018 the budget was 200 million dollars and in the box office it did 1.24 billion dollars that is a number i have not seen in a long time you know coming out of 2020 and and i don't know if we'll ever see it again i really hope so i believe in I believe in you theaters. We can do this. You know, it's kind of like the Peter Pan. Where <laughs> they say, I believe happen. in fairies. I believe in fairies. It's the same thing. I believe in theaters. I believe in theaters. They will make a comeback. Trust me. Are you invested in AMC in some way? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not You're hop on that, that train during the game. The game. What was it? GameStop. GameStop. I was going to say Game Freak. GameStop. I'm like, no, that's the creators of Pokemon. No, I did not. Inga- <laughs> no, I did not get involved in the GameStop stock trading. So, yes, that's for another day. Okay, so let's talk about some records that this film made before we deep dive and we analyze it. The film made $182.7 million in the opening weekend. So that was the largest opening for an animated film, which is incredible. <laughs> yeah. And by, because it grossed over $1.2 billion worldwide, it was the fourth highest grossing film of 2018. Wow. Like, it's just to think that billion dollars was, wasn't even, you didn't even crack the top three <laughs> with that. It is the second highest grossing animated film of all time, which is pretty surprising to me. Like all of these things are pretty surprising to me because I'll I'll talk about in a moment. And the 15th highest grossing film of all time during its theatrical run. Um, It's also being the highest grossing Pixar film Uh, and the third Pixar film to gross $1 billion. So yada, yada, yada. It's made a whole heck of a lot of money, which I'm very surprised. I am very, very surprised because while this film is good, I don't feel like, and I, I think that's the thing with sequels. The sequels don't have to be as good as the original because the original is so great. People come in droves to see the sequel and it just explodes. It's just crazy. Yeah, that's definitely. And the fact that it has been so beloved over the years by many yeah. and it was this hype, you know, absence they're makes finally the, doing it. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Oh, forgetful. <laughs> in this case, no one forgot about our favorite incredible film. No family. one no <laughs> one forgot this one. And I can I can totally see why, because I know the animation community loves this movie. <laughs> and that's all she's gonna say. <laughs> Chelsea does not like this movie. If you want to go back, go check out our Incredibles episode. Uh you can get her full thoughts. Uh, she's an anomaly with this one. So that's okay. I guess I am. I I I don't understand. I think it was just, it was super slow in some ways. Like I just felt like there was a lot of, I mean, I get what he was trying to do and I get, you know, it's a bit of the, the arc of a lot of older TV shows 
you know, in this genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that. You know, it's supposed to be mid-century, like in the mid-century. So you're gonna have you're gonna go at it at a different way than you would in more modern day situations. I just I don't know what it was. I just can't tell you what it was. But it was it was not. It was good, but not great. Yeah, like I I just don't see it as being incredible. Yeah, you know. So let's talk a little bit about Brad Bird. Brad Bird, I absolutely adore and love Brad Bird. I think he's my one of my favorite directors. And it's because the movies that he's put out are just so good. So, so fantastic. And it's really interesting because he doesn't have just a ton of films that he's done, but the films that he has done are are quite good. So he obviously was one of these original Cal Arts graduates. You know, there's this mm-hmm. the story of, all of these great directors, you know, and Pixar guys, they all were in the same year of Cal Arts, and that's where the A1113 came because that was the classroom that they all studied in. And these a lot of these guys just went on to do just incredible things. Oh, how many? Give me the incredible counter. How many times can <laughs> I say incredible, not referring to the Incredibles? Mm-hmm. We're at like five right now. Mm-hmm. As many did back in the day, there weren't this plethora of animation studios. He went and worked at Disney, so he was an animator on The Fox and the Hound and Black Cauldron, of all things. And then he went off and did The Simpsons. He had quite a few Simpsons episodes. The the monorail one, everyone knows Brad Bird <laughs> for doing the epic monorail episode, which is great. And then... Well, also, I mean, combining Brad Bird with Conan oh. O'Brien is just Chef's so kiss. golden. <laughs> we need to bring them back. They just, they both need to do more things together yeah. because I love both of them. Yeah. And especially about on Simpsons, he also was the director of the 1990 Do the Bartman music video. <laughs> <laughs> so great. <laughs> yeah. So he worked at the Simpsons from 1989 to 1998, which is pretty cool. He was an executive consultant. He directed um, a bunch of episodes, which is really great. You know, he ended up, you know, doing a couple television here and there, you know, but he did ultimately make it back into theatrical film with Warner Brothers with The Iron Giant. And he really, you know, his seal of Brad Bird approval on that film. That is a great, great movie. And just a shame how everything all went down with that. Uh, one of his claims mm-hmm. to fame is he he also he was a, he he wrote and directed The Iron Giant. And he has a few scenes that he did animate. Um, for example, that scene of Hogarth drinking espresso. That is Brad Bird, uh-huh. my friend, which that's one of the best scenes. I think that's great. <laughs> and then he moved over to Pixar and he's kind of been a Pixar guy ever since. You know, he he directed The Incredibles in 2004. He took over Ratatouille and made that into a masterpiece and then came back and did The Incredibles 2. And so in that time, he did also direct Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol and Tomorrowland. Um, and then he was always sort of in the Pixar brain trust, if you will, you know, over the years, basically since 2001, he's he's been involved in the last you know, film that he's credited as doing so is Toy Story 4 um, as part of the brain trust or the senior creative team. But that's a little bit about Brad Bird. I love him. He is a great guy. Follow him on Twitter. He's fun. Um, I just I'm real. I want him to do something else. I I'm so excited for his next project. And I believe his next project uh, is kind of like a live action. But I'm not sure. But let's we're not he- we're not here to talk about his next project. We're here to talk about his project. The Incredibles 2, we finally got it. Finally twisted his arm. It's kind of like the Snyder Cut. You know, you get enough people (laughs) out there 
<laughs> that are willing the to pay internet money. for years. <laughs> this movie came out nearly three years ago, and I really can't believe that it was three years ago because I had my baby girl in the summer in early June, and this came out just a few weeks later. So it's no surprise that I did not see this one in theater. It was just surviving life with two kids, a newborn, whatnot. So I ended up seeing this later, and then I rewatched it. And it's really enjoyable. I, I love these characters. I love this world. I thought it was really fun. What about you? I do have a funny story oh, about how I excellent. saw this in the theaters. So I was supposed to go to the press screening of this one week, but then I ended up getting a uh, like an impromptu invite to a test screening for Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. Ooh. And so it would be coming out like six months later. But I was like, I I have to stay and watch this. So I, I contacted the the rep that I normally go to as far as like, hey, I'm not able to make it to this one. Am I able to you know switch it to your next screening? And they're like, okay. But normally they wanted like certain people at one screening, and then the other screening was supposed to be mostly for uh, like normal audiences that the normal like pre screening. Well, as far as like press people yeah, who are a lot more snooty, and yeah. then you have the the you know actual actual audience members and so i was this is this is one of those moments where i really got up on a, a high horse i guess not necessarily what what is a high horse um i got up on a i felt really high <laughs> i felt really really not what wow chelsea what what am i saying i felt very um entitled uh, special entitled and special yes i did and so i i brought another friend with me and this was the first time that she'd ever come to a theater screening with me. And so I go in and I'm, I'm looking for the entrance and you have all these people that are saying, Oh, you need to, you know, the lines back there, lines back there. You got to go back there. I'm like, no, I'm up here. I go up here. I don't wait in lines. (laughs) Large and in charge. (laughs) This is, I mean, I've, yeah, this is one of not my most proudest moments, but at the same time, it's like, it's no, this is where I'm not, I don't need to stand in line. I'm on a list. And so I come over and I, I'm with my, my friend. She's thinking that I'm like this, like high, uh, like this person that's like being very like a problem. (laughs) And I'm like, no, it's, I'm, I'm on a list. And so I go and I find the other person. I, I get past this one like gatekeeper type person that was like, no, go to the back of the line. And so I go in the front and I, I say, I'm like, oh, hey, I'm here. And they're like, oh, yeah, OK, come on in. And so they, they're like, oh, sweet. So uh, my friend follows me and we go in and the entire theater is open except for these two chairs that are taped <laughs> off in the very center. <laughs> that's so great (laughs) and this is normally something they only do for like the major reporters or major press people in our state like they like you have to work for like the republic the arizona republic or something like that the like the the highest of the high this is something they don't do for i've never had this treatment before i doubt i will ever come close to this treatment again um but it was one of those like m- great moments of like my friend being like, oh, wow, you are high rolling. <laughs> I was like, like I-, I got tape. Cool. Nice. Like, not only do I have to wait in line, but I got tape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was um, yeah, that was just the funny story of seeing this movie. So yay. <laughs> I was happy. I was I was happy 
no matter what the movie was going to be like, this was a great day for me. Nice. So. That's hilarious. Oh, man. <laughs> Look at you. And man, long gone are the days of press screenings and advanced screenings. I, I have not. There hasn't been one in such a long time. And now I just do screeners. And I don't love it. I'll be honest. I liked going to I the like, theater and seeing, you know, with my yeah. fellow press people. I mean, I do like being around like because you see the same people and you're like, oh, hey, friend. Right. Like, right. You make friends. But not just that, like I do, I did also enjoy, like, I don't, I don't leave my house very often. And so to have like a reason to call somebody and say, Hey, do you want to like be my friend yeah. for a couple hours? It's a free it's date. It's great. Like, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sometimes, I, I mean, sometimes I did invite guys. Um, but generally that's one of those things where I'm like, mm, I'm going to this either way. And you, you get to see how special I am. Yeah. <laughs> this is my way to but impress anyway. you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, it's just a fun time to like get out mm-hmm. and even just going normally to movies. It's just nice to get out. So anyway, Incredibles 2, it starts off in the smack dab moment that it ended. Yes. We have a little and brief. It- you know, throwback where they have the interview and basically where the guy's mind is wiped. And then from that moment on, it's we are smack dab with the underminer. And man, some of those puns, I was just like, oh, so great. Oh, who's ready to be yeah. undermined? Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some puns are just really pathetic. That's a dad joke for sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Brad Bird was involved in that joke. He seems like a kind of a dad joke sort of guy, but yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's possible. It's very possible. (laughs) But I kind of like how this is a continuation of the original film. You could essentially watch these back to back and, you know, you wouldn't miss a beat literally because it picks right up. And it was was cool because you don't ever usually see that. Usually for sequels, it's like, you know, we just watched The Swan Princess 2. It's a year later, their first year anniversary, or six months later. <laughs> you know, it's always some period in the future state. Um, but right. so for this, like these characters, we don't have to go back and we don't have to show how much they've changed and evolved and, you know, grown over the period that the movies didn't exist, right? It's just, nope, they're the exact yeah. same characters. You know who they are. Let's go. I think it also makes more sense if you were to watch these back to back because. I mean, a lot of the criticisms you see from this movie is that it's basically the same plot structure as the first one. It makes more sense that people haven't changed when you realize, oh, no, yesterday they were fighting for their lives on this random island and they just got home. I mean, it might not have been yesterday because it was like there was a bit of time between the island and his track meet. So but it's still like last month. Yeah. But one thing that is different so like everything's the same, the characters are the same. Man, the animation totally mm. different. It's crazy how just things improve so much over 14 yeah. years. This was the first yeah. film of Pixar to really have humans. And I read a really great quote that talks about the production of The Incredibles 2 and it said, you know, with this one there were no notions of, well, we don't know how to do long hair. We don't know how to do humans. We don't know how to do muscles. It's now just about doing it quickly. And it's so true because the first film, I I will always go back and remember that scene (laughs) with the plane crash where they're in the water and the wet hair is just, it looks (laughs) terrible. It does not look good, but hair has improved 
so much during this film. Like she's, yeah. her hair is whipping in the wind when she's riding a, riding a motorcycle. She there, Violet is blow drying her hair and it's going everywhere. It's just really cool to see. And these characters are the same, but like totally different. Like I feel like Dash particularly seems like the character and the design that has evolved the most to me. Something about it just feels different and off. And I think it's just because the character models and technology has just improved so, so much. It's kind of like Toy Story 1 versus Toy Story 4. You can see yeah. the difference. They're the same characters, but oh boy, there's a difference. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just like little things. Like there's this moment where he's making breakfast. Bob is making breakfast and you just see like a close up of the waffle. And like little things like that. They're like, that looks like a real waffle. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The photorealism, they do a really, really great job. One thing that I actually really love just about this film and this universe is the mid-century modern design of everything. Uh, I just, that apartment that they go to is just so cool. It just reminds me Uh of some of those big mansions in Hollywood that are just like, they were built in the sixties. They're mid-century modern. They have these big windows that just overlook the city. Uh, that well, it's not really apartment, but that house that they go to, right. Um, and yeah. it just boggles my mind that Disneyland and Walt Disney World don't have an Incredibles themed ride or area like they desperately need an Incredibles ride. I mean, I know there's the Incredicoaster that they they do, but like I'm just talking straight up mid-century modern, like your queue that you're walking through is mid-century modern. Um, they need that. I need that vibe in my park life. I just need a park life. <laughs> that too. That too. At this point, like, okay. <laughs> I do like that. I think it's it's cool. And I mean, I, I have to say the very first thing that this starts out and the music for this, oh. uh, I mean, he just does such a fantastic job. Um, Michael Giacchino, he, his, I feel like the score is excellent. It's iconic, memorable. And it is an essential part of the world building. Mm-hmm. And from that first moment, the it first turns note. on like you, those first sounds, it's like, oh, we're boop, here. Boop, 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 yeah. Yeah. Just like you said, an incredible world that's captured in just like this brass band orchestrations and really great themes. Like, ah, it's just so, so good. And he's one of my favorite composers. He's done so mm-hmm. many things for Pixar and so many things like he's just he moved from being like the Pixar guy and kind of Brad Bird's guy. I mean, he basically does majority of Brad Bird's films, but he does so much now. And so there's that part where they meet with Frozone and they're like kind of throwback singing their different songs like Mr. Incredible, Incredible, Incredible. <laughs> they're like kind of singing and riffing and like Frozone and you know, you think they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, they, like these are their theme songs back in the day. But they actually wrote and recorded theme songs for <laughs> Mr. Incredible Frozone and Elastigirl. And I'll include links to those yeah. in the show notes. They were recorded by the Disney acapella group called The Acapella. <laughs> so oh. you can check those out. Those are pretty fun. But one thing that I was thinking, like as they were singing these theme songs, I'm like, if they had theme songs, they and they most likely probably had merch like, where did the money go? These people were probably loaded. Yeah. Well, were they loaded or was somebody else just making a huge buck off of their image? I would hope not. I would like to be in control I of mean, that. They needed a better licensing deal. Yeah, they probably weren't very good at light. I mean, they they were sent underground. 
So they were illegal. Um, but not during their then they also not during the prime. That's when yeah, the majority the of one... this stuff would have been purchased. Yeah. Which is interesting because there's moments where she's going, when she is going into the TV spots and she's like, oh, wow, it's been so many years since I've done this. I'm like, was this really a thing that you did as a superhero? You did <laughs> guest appearances on on NBC? Like, what is this? Well, yeah, because the very uh, beginning of the first Incredibles, I mean, there's that iconic moment with Mr. Incredible and they're sitting down and they're doing that interview and Elastigirl's doing her interview. And she's That's like, true. Why leave it to the men? Um, you know, and he's like, I feel like the maid. I just clean up this place and could we keep it clean for, <laughs> for 10 minutes? Trust me, as a mom, that is, oh, he could he could have inserted <laughs> mom there because it's so true. It's like, can we not just mess up the thing that I just cleaned? <laughs> like, my kids are camping right now and it's been the most glorious three days because the house is clean. <laughs> I cleaned up once right when they left just to spiff things up. And, and guess stayed. what? I put my stuff away. I keep the house clean. So yeah, I feel you, Mr. Incredible. But yeah, I feel like they did uh, have these, they had a better relationship with the press. It wasn't so much that I'm untouchable. I'm incredible. I'm not untouchable, but yeah, like call my publicist and yeah, we can set up an interview. No big deal. Yeah. I want to know who these publicists were and how much money did they shave off the top? Super plus. (laughs) No, that's not a good. I was gonna say super and publicists and combine them to superplus, <laughs> but that just doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> I, nah, I think we're good. <laughs> oh, good times. So, you know, we have our same cast of characters, except for in this film, they are flipped for the most part. You know, the first film was Mr. Incredible's film where he gets to take on this role of being the big shot in the family. He has the cool secret job. And, you know, Helen's left at home with the kids living a normal life. And in this one, they still are underground, but it's flipped where now it's Helen's turn and she gets to go off and be the superhero and save the day and go on missions and listen to police scanners, all the cool things that superheroes Uh do. Um, And so did you like that? Did you feel that that was like cheap? Because we've talked about this with other sequels, like a lot of sequels Uh just are lazy and they just rehash the original film in a different way, right? I think of The Force Awakens. I'm sorry, The Force Awakens is horrible. (laughs) Speaking of another reason why Brad Bird should have directed it and they should have stuck with George Lucas's original script. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then read A Ride of a Lifetime, which is the biography of Disney CEO, Bob Iger. He talks about this in there, but yeah, like The Force Awakens is just a rehash of the original Star Wars film. Same exact basic yeah. plot points. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. However, it's just this, a bigger starship. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, please. I rolled to the back of my head. But for you, did you like this where it was like the same, but a twist? Um, so I, I, I just feel like it's lazy. And so that part is a little like, eh, I'm not really a big fan. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of criticisms on about this movie saying that it's like, it's literally the same film. <laughs> we waited 12 years for the same film yeah. over and over <laughs> the years brad bird was asked are we going to get an incredibles film are we going to get an incredibles film that's all people wanted that's all they would ask and he said he would always say i'm just waiting for the right idea which is a good answer right um you know uh-huh. also waiting for the right timing and maybe the right money right. the right gig like you know other things but <laughs> right. he wasn't just going to make a film and make a sequel for the sake of making one which i appreciate and he kind of had a few ideas in his head, 
but it just hadn't solidified into a movie. And so finally the time was right. The money was right. I don't know. <laughs> they had a slot <laughs> opening in Pixar's schedule and they're like, mm, we don't have anything in the hopper. The Incredibles 2, you're up. So <laughs> I, Make it happen. I don't know. I, <clears throat> I think he did wait and I did think this was the story that he wanted to tell, but it just didn't engage me as much as the first one did. And I think because it didn't, right. it didn't feel as fresh and as original as the first one. It was still a great film. I feel like the main downer for me was the the villain mm-hmm. because she just was like, nobody likes her. Like, and it's not in a, oh, you're the villain kind of way. It's just like, you're one of those, you're one of those that I just don't like. <laughs> <laughs> you're one of those that I just don't like. <laughs> there's somebody out there who understands what I say but they're just she just has a very negative point of view she's a very like meh like her voice has a tone of like condescension bitterness condescension and it's just not a person that you want to like talk to or you want to even have around and yeah um, that's interesting because I definitely got the hot mess vibes from her she's like oh gosh mm -hmm. the brother has it all together and the sister she's a bit of a, a wreck okay yeah but i i honestly i did not pick up that she was the villain until about five seconds before it happened it's i was sitting here oh, and really? i was watching the movie and you know you know this is where mrs incredible she's tracking this person right the screen slaver and she's trying to figure out who he or she is and then i'm like oh wait it's her you know, because they were talking together. And then five seconds later, she reveals herself as the, the villain. And then about a minute after that begins monologuing. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's doing all the villainy <laughs> things. But yeah, um, I, I didn't see it coming, uh, to be honest. OK, I wasn't I, I kind of was veering towards like maybe it's the brother, but that kind <laughs> of seemed a little too like on the nose, similar to the syndrome, you know, like the, the rich guy, uh -huh. you know, who's going to take you under your wing sort of thing. So it's just really interesting how the, there were very similar prop plot points, you know, to the original one. And, um, yeah. another thing is her name is Evelyn Dever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so if evil endeavor endeavor, I'm like, I never would have caught that to be honest, but I guess that's a fun, <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Fun little play on words to give a nod to your audience. <laughs> And the control goggles that they used, I'm like, ah, is, is no one going to notice that all the people who are acting crazy have these goggles on? They're like pretty in your face, <laughs> right. bug eyed goggles, right? They're not just like your little cute yeah. superhero mask. It's no, this like massive thing on your face. And all three frozen on Mr. Incredible Identical. and Mrs. Incredible are wearing them. <laughs> and now they're acting way out of character. No, no, everything's good. Nothing to see here. None of these goggles have anything to do with their costumes. And so they're not accessorizing here. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, no. Edna mode would not approve it. Everyone knows that she no. is the official wardrobe maker, costume maker mm -hmm. of the Incredibles family. So of course that did not come from her. I mean, that should have been your big <laughs> takeaway. It's tacky, darling. Tacky. Uh, I love her. There's, I don't think there's any character that's, 
you know, especially like the combination of her and Jack Jack. Uh-huh. I think that they are the best duo in this whole film. Oh, yeah. The moment where, oh, poor Bob. He is just so exhausted, this <laughs> baby. So he brings him over to Edna's house, basically, because he he's, realizes that he has powers and, you know, Ed would be interested and gives him a little break. And she's like, no, darling, I'm not a babysitter. And I, I don't blame her. I mean, that's not her job. Right. <laughs> and as soon as she discovers his powers, she's like, yes, yes, get out of here. Get out of here. The baby will be fine. And it's just great. Like, I just love, <laughs> oh, I love her so much. And I need more, more Edna. Auntie Edna. Yeah. <laughs> Auntie Edna. <laughs> so Jack Jack. Yes. The, the moment that he gets his powers and Bob is just like, you have powers and you can go through walls uh-huh. and you can. Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, what it do- that moment right there. Uh, it, every time I saw this movie, everyone was like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Jack Jack. He is so stinking cute. I really love that scene of him discovering his powers through the raccoon encounter, just like the raccoon and he sees the TV and he has the little mask and it's a bad guy and he sees the raccoon and he's a bad guy. So he's, he's all large and in charge. He's just yeah. crawling to the guy, crawling to the little raccoon. And yeah, he's clearly the most powerful super, right? He has 17 powers. Yeah. No, there's no other super like Boyd. Yeah. She's cool, but she's only got the one thing. You mean anxiety girl? Like, <laughs> Yeah, like all of these people. Oh, the brick guy. He's like, where are you from? Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) I liked him. Uh, Yeah, there's the all of them only had like one one thing. And Jack Jack has 17. Like what? So and he's also not very great at controlling the powers because he's literally an infant. So the problem that I had is, you know, they're they're later at a point in the film, they're going to the movie theater and then Violet's going on her date and they just have Jack Jack like hanging out in the car. And I'm like, why would you bring this child in public? He has no control over his powers. He could go up in flames any moment. Like they need to drive a separate car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That, that, yeah, that's not smart. (laughs) But Hey, he, he held, he held it together. (laughs) Especially toddlers. Like there's, there's no telling what, when they're going to like, flip switch is that going to be the third movie or he'll be the mega villain just because he's like terrible twos on his tantrum (laughs) yes uh will you turn against your family for the greater society i (laughs) gosh one character that i really did like and it's just because i like this voice actor i like this actor in general is bob odenkirk who you might know as saul from breaking bad I've been watching a lot of Better Call Saul over the years. I think that's a great show. Uh, He plays Evelyn's brother, Winston, and instantly you recognize his voice. He just has a very enjoyable voice. And so I I thought he was perfect choice of voice actor. And so let me riddle me this, okay? Okay. His dad died because Mm -hmm. a robber broke in. And since supers were gone, Uh you know, no one picked up the direct access phone. They weren't available. The dad died as a result of being shot. Right. So if you have this much wealth and power, like, why don't you have access to a gun in a safe for self-defense that you can access at any time? It kind of seems like a no-brainer. Why don't you have an armed security guard who has a gun? Any of the above would have been good for a guy like this. I mean, a lot of people that I know have a gun 
in a safe by their bed or very handy in case something were to happen. I know I do, but we're also in Arizona, though, and Arizona is a right to carry state. So, yes, <laughs> I mean, I don't have any problems with armaments. I believe that everyone should have the ability to protect oneself. And so, yeah, I agree. I wish. I mean, we would not have a movie if he had a gun and he was able to right. shoot the bad guy. Let's put it that way. It leads to the bitter That's resentment of Evelyn because she blames the supers for the dad's death because what the supers Which... weren't there for him. Like, yeah, I mean, I think it was because she she was mad that he depended on the supers and mm-hmm. didn't take care of himself. Oh, OK, OK. Which I can agree with that. <laughs> like, right. You shouldn't really shouldn't like depend on other people to take care of your family. Right. But if that was his choice, that was his choice. Right. You I don't know. You kind of can't get mad at someone for them dying because of something that they believed in so strongly. I guess yeah. you can. Once again, <laughs> Once again, a reason I don't like Evelyn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She's someone I wouldn't like. (laughs) But I think that I I do agree that Winston is a he's a good uh, he's the entertainer type. Yes, he's the the salesman for sure. Uh Yeah. (laughs) You know, he's hosting like influencer parties on this yacht, right? (laughs) Yeah. Press press releases. Yeah. Doing her thing. I yeah. I like him. Who doesn't? Everybody likes a good extrovert. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who are life of the party. That's why they are life of the party. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, but you, you said that you did get the really bad guy vibes from him at the beginning. Well, not at the beginning, but as I was trying to piece together, like, okay, who could this guy be? It was like, well, what about the happy go lucky guy? Who's just providing them with everything that they need, you know, who loves yeah. supers so much. Um, you know, he's, he's on the suspect list for sure. But yeah, you know, especially with the body cam, once we realize very quickly that, I mean, this happens very, very one after another, but you know, Hey, who has control of the body cam? Well, there's really only a few people. And so that really narrows it down pretty quickly, but we're able to figure out. Well, and I also, the, when, when they gave her the other suit, you know, that wasn't by our favorite Edna, I honestly thought that the suit was going to be bugged. <gasps> what if Edna was the bad guy? That would be cool. That would be totally unsuspecting. Oh, that would be. Like she gives them some new suits. Those are bugged. And she is. They got capes. The screen slaver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one would see that coming. That's true. Because everyone. That's very, very actually true. Adu- loves and adores her and she could still totally have the amazing moment with jack jack and the babysitting and being so funny again all your guards are down at this moment she's already spent Uh time learning about this new super's powers i mean but it just wouldn't make sense Uh, there would have to be some sort of backstory where within the time of the first film where she hooks her up with a new (laughs) suit and the time of the second film she becomes super bitter and angry and just you know, wants to burn all the supers <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> if you don't wear my suit, you won't wear anybody's That's suit. True. Okay, that, that that could be the deciding factor. Yeah, they, they wore someone I mean, else's material and she is tick. She is a bitter, <laughs> bitter girlfriend, woman, all of the above, right? Like, <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, it was just an excuse for, I mean, yeah, someone should draw that. Edna, Edna Mode as a <laughs> supervillain. In beast mode. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I Okay. What were your thoughts on like how many 
they I just felt like they had a lot of themes going through this. Like for one thing, like, you know, the screen slaver, like, oh, okay, you know, we're always in front of our screens. It's, you're not able to go and actually engage in real life and the screens are actually controlling your life. So you got that one whole oh, as yeah, a theme. For sure. The next theme is, you know, um strong independent woman and I don't need no man's theme. <laughs> and then you've got the Mr. Mom trying to raise a, a kid type theme like makes make supers legal again you mean make supers <gasps> like, great again <laughs> yes <laughs> i know they didn't want to want to want to use that tagline of course not, <laughs> of course not. but it was like wow like what it else was, would you say in that moment <laughs> make super super again great. make super supers are awesome <laughs> i know everybody else knows everybody knows it supers are amazing that's my terrible mr incredible impression. is so super super <laughs> like the best You're so he's a good guy better. he's a super <laughs> and that miss is incredible she is amazing yes i love her and edna mode yes that's yes. the best trump that i can do <laughs> You're you're a lot better than I am at that. Uh, I need some I need some like of his lines. Like I uh, yeah. Anyway, everybody loves it. Like ask anybody. Supers are awesome. Yeah. I just felt like there was a lot going on in this movie, and I didn't he I didn't know where to really put my. No, I think those are actually some some really good themes that that the film takes on. I don't think I personally didn't feel like there were so many. I felt like yeah. in Seoul, there was a lot that I took away from that film. I felt like, oh, wow, there's a theme of this and there's a theme of this and the theme of this. But yeah. you kind of really boiled it down to three basic themes that are that we see. Um, not necessarily a theme, but Violet. I mean, Violet's character arc is more or less the same. It's like, hey, yeah, um, I don't know what we're going to do with her. So let's just zap the guy's mind. And she has to start from square one. And everything that she had <laughs> to do in true. the first film to work up the courage to talk to this guy, she has to do it again. <laughs> it's like, oh, right, right. Okay, well, uh, we're just gonna we're gonna do that with her. Okay, cool. Um, and Jack you know, needs just help with math. I thought that was a great quote. Where <laughs> I I know lots of parents who feel this way. It's like, why would they change math? Math is math. Root. Yes, yes, I agree. The common core math. You know, it's funny. I love math. It's always made sense to me. So this new math that they teach in some of the schools, it's like, I don't get it. Why are you overcomplicating this? Just do the math, right? Yeah. Um, but I had a friend actually who was like, no, I love it. I never understood math and this totally makes sense to me. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's great. But don't change what works for 90, 95% of the population and change everything and flip it on its head to satisfy the five. Why don't you just identify yeah. the 5% and teach them the other way and teach what works yeah. to everyone else? Okay. That is my math rant. <laughs> I, I, you know, I can get behind that. I was helping my nephews with their homework one day and they're older, like they're and by older, I mean like in junior high, high school. Uh -huh. And so they're like going into these like upper level type things and I'm like, I don't even remember any of this before. <laughs> so, I mean, I definitely learned it. And I remember, like, the I vaguely remember any of this. But if you were to happen to, like, try and teach me to do this new, like, common core math, I'd be like, uh-uh, I can't. Like, <laughs> remind me, sure. But don't be trying to teach me a whole new way of doing something. Yeah. So, 
proud of Bob for understanding it, moving forward, helping his kid out. <laughs> I thought another funny Violet moment was when, you know, she's she's done being a super and she's just over it. And then finally yeah. the time comes and she's like, I renounce my renunciation. <laughs> she puts her suit on. It's great. <laughs> I do like when they when he uh, called back the car. I thought oh, that yeah. was great. <laughs> and so it's like oh, this this man really liked to come and go as he pleased. And he, so there's a lot of secret interest, entrance and exits in this whole place. So I'm like, I think this guy was a super. I I think <laughs> this was a, I kind of feel like this was a super somewhere. <laughs> so maybe it was in Gazer Beam or something. They're in their, his house. Poor Gazer Beam. Oh. That movie is actually, <laughs> the first movie is tragic because it really he is. kills all of those supers. He, Syndrome was messed up. Big yeah. time. At least the Screen Slayer like, didn't actually do anything of note. I mean, yes, put everybody under hypnotic, you know, and tried to propaganda send a machine. Yeah. <laughs> propaganda machine. Yeah. That was the other thing is like propaganda is key in whatever. Like no matter it doesn't matter what what actually happens. It matters what they see, which is you know definitely something uh, or what politicians want you to see type thing. And I'm like, mm, yeah, <laughs> we, we all have. I, I mean, I'm the first one to say that I have I have internalized propaganda in me that I'm trying to root out and trying to figure out what is really real. So there there is a lot of that out there. And but I think everybody is no matter where you came from. Everybody Absolutely. has internalized propaganda that is just like, no, that's not true. And I recognize me. I, I do. <laughs> I have a friend who's lives in the UK and actually he's from Spain, but lives in, in the UK. and we were talking about like kings having kings and versus not having kings or whatever. And I was just like, yeah, as a born and bred American, I have a hard time with the idea of a king type situation. And he's like, well, in Spain, he actually does all this and this and this and this. And I'm like, see, I recognize that I am full of internalized propaganda that kings are bad because I'm an American. <laughs> I recognize this. Nonetheless, I'm still going to hold on to it. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with it, Jels. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of been joking about this, you know, the third movie. At this point, come on. It's, uh, it's inevitable, right? Uh, it did so, so well. Will we see yeah. an Incredibles 3? Let me just say, we joked for years that they were going to do a Cars 3. Okay, the the first, yeah. the second Cars film was so bad and nobody liked it. It was just like a joke amongst our site and all so of us that like money. oh they're gonna make cars three and we even did it as our april fool's joke and as with many of our april fool's jokes if not all of them they become true it's like we manifest it into the universe and the universe picks up on that and says okay that's a good idea i will make a cars three right so will they do incredible three this one the sequel actually wasn't terrible unlike cars two this one's actually remarkable <laughs> no, and the highest grossing Pixar film of all time. So it seems like a, only a matter of time. Yeah. I think we should just plan on making that our next at April Fool's joke <laughs> article. Just yeah. so, because this is honestly how it feels like. It feels like every time we do one, they, and it gets like any amount of traction, like Disney watches that and says, <laughs> okay, it's getting traction. We should do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, whether or not it's good traction or not, doesn't matter. It's getting traction. Yeah, so if they did an Incredibles 3, I kind of like your idea of Jack-Jack being, like, an accidental villain. You know, the type uh-huh. where he's like a Hulk character where he just is not in control yeah. of his body and, you know, can't control himself. Um, or I also like the my idea of Edna being the villain in the third film just like Why no one both? would expect it flip it's on its head you let's do totally different plot points from you know these first two films i like it let's do it brad if you're listening i think we should do both this is what we want <laughs> Ooh, both nice edna becomes such good super friends with jack jack she's like the go-to babysitter now that she indoctrinates him and turns ah, him to a baddie and then they work together. And so she sets him on the incredible family to subvert them and to destroy there them from go. within. Ha ha. Oh gosh. But she is the puppet master <laughs> behind. Maybe she has figured out how to control Jack Jack. Ooh, here. I like Ooh. it. It our brain trust. Um, I heard there's some openings on your board. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. I agree. All right, Chelsea. So what would you rate this film? I'm going to say three and a half stars. I feel like it was pretty similar to my reaction to the first one. <laughs> I liked it. I mean, just because it's anything over three stars is like, that's more than 2.5, which is right down the middle. So that <laughs> means I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so out of five stars, I would say three and a half stars. I think that it had great. I mean, there's lots of great things in it. Characters are fun. The gags are good. I just feel like I didn't like the the villain and I just felt like it was kind of like the themes were a little tired uh-huh. and played out by now. Yeah. You know, one thing with the Incredibles is the movies are very long. I think they're a lot longer than the other Pixar yeah. films. And the first one, I love it so much, but it's just a titch, a tad bit too long at certain times. Mm-hmm. And this one, likewise, it, it I felt it this time around. It was like, oh, this is yeah. this is a long one. Get in, buckle up, because you're going to be here for a while. And yeah. it, it wasn't in a good way. It wasn't the mystique and the adventure and the excitement of the first one. It just kind of felt a bit worn out and tried and true. Um, it, like, like I was saying, like it worked and it was good. And there were, you know, they flipped it on its head with it being the focus on Mrs. Incredible as the super uh, of the family, I the guess. The gender swap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but it, there wasn't too many things that were really novel and exciting. Uh, the villain just wasn't that great. Like, I actually think that the screen slayer was had a really bizarre design and was very creepy. Um, uh-huh. I did not like it at all because it was just so off-putting. And But then the actual villain behind the mask just wasn't, I don't know. It was like, oh, gosh, okay, you're monologuing again. And yeah, yeah. It yeah. Was, it wasn't good. And so I didn't necessarily love that, but I do like this family. I like these characters. So it was fun to see them again. Um, mid-century modern, the design, the music, it's just really, really good stuff. You know, it has a lot of really, really good elements, just kind of fell flat in certain parts. And I, I think it was just kind of, those, there were just a, two, a few too many similarities with the first film. So I will give it four stars. There we go. Let us know what your thoughts are. We are doing 
great things over on our Instagram. So you can go to rotoscopers.com slash Instagram or just look us up on Instagram under rotoscopers. And we do have a post out that has a lot of space for you to go and make a comment. We want to know what did you think about this movie and maybe even what did you think about our podcast there? You can do that there or you can go to our episode and we are in going to be in both places and making comments and, and responding and keeping the conversation going. Yeah, you'll also be able to find all of the links that we're talking about in this episode, specifically those theme songs for each of the supers. We have links to those and those are really fun. You can check those out. And that's all I have for today. Our next episode is going to be a nerdy couch discussion episode. It's going to be a fun Ooh. one. I'm not going to spoil what it is yet. You'll just have to tune in. And that's all we have for today. Until next time, we, we are, are the Rotoscopers. I wanted to have the whole... I told that big blurb about Brad Burt and I didn't even tell what I wanted to say. Clue this in the bloopers, I guess, but he was on the short list to track the force awakens. I want that film. Give me that star Wars film. I really, really would have enjoyed a Brad Bird star Wars film. Just saying. But what if, would it have changed the script though? Like, or would he have just been working with like a bad script to begin with? I mean, he writes his own scripts. I think he would have written it. Like he's okay. Well, if he was going to write it, then I'm I'm good with it. Yeah, but if he's sure, just like, going to like direct somebody part, else's stuff, and I'm like, he, uh. he writes his scripts. Like that's his thing. And I, I'm pretty sure J.J. Abrams wrote or contributed to the script of the first one. Yeah, I don't know. This isn't a Star Wars podcast, so it's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sniff sniff. I am starting right now. Okay, um, so. Uh, my friend is, he's putting together these live action remakes. Well, he he did one years no, ago. No, no, not I a know, live action no. remake. <laughs> I know, uh, but he takes like different scenes. Like, he took a scene from the Goofy movie when we were in high school and he, of the after today, and you can actually find it on YouTube. And it's pretty hilarious because he found, he had a whole bunch of friends and made everybody wear the exact same things and, and remade it. And so you can find it. Is this the one that has like millions of views? Yeah. Um, so he is doing another one and he actually got Bill Farmer to be in it. And so Bill. Oh, nice. I'm like, what? <laughs> so Bill Farmer is going to be there and they're, it, they're doing the Lester's Possum. In Arizona? Yes. <laughs> and then oh, if, wow. if you're not busy at four o'clock, you should come and. Oregon Stop Pizza. <laughs> They're gonna have like a lunch for everybody involved with 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 uh, Bill Farmer there. <laughs> I was nice. like, that's hilarious. Um, so yeah, it's they're doing Lester's Possum Pals or Possum Farm, and I am a I'm a lady <laughs> in the very back, just like clapping along like this, and I'm I'll be wearing a purple dress. Like she's just in the background, oh, nice. but I'm just. He was like, hey. I want you in there. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> Is this Jay Bud or Ted Sowards? Ted Sowards. Okay. So the, the good one. Yeah. The one that has 6.9 million views from 11 years ago. Yeah. Wow. So he's redoing. That was him, huh? Yeah. Out here in good old Arizona. So funny. So. <laughs> I'll have to rewatch this. Should be very interesting. Good um, times.
Yeah. Cool. All right. Enjoy. I, w- I will. If you want to end up at, at Morgan Stop, let me know. <laughs> My kids love Morgan Stop Pizza, as Pippa calls it. Awesome. She wants to go there for her birthday. <laughs> nice. Okay. Keep me posted. We love some Morgan Stop Pizza. I love Morgan Stop Pizza. I'll be honest. That I haven't been there I, since the you and great. I went there. On that random what? date. Oh, we when did. did we go? We went on that Wait, what? date years ago. It was a double date. Tell me more. And we, <laughs> the guy was like, I wanted to ask you, but I knew that you and Morgan were always together. So I felt like I had to, we had to do a double because both of you had to go or something. And we're like, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Oh. <laughs> Wait, give me a time frame. Was this in this, high school? Was this post? No, this was uh, post your college. And uh, before okay. I went on my mission. Okay. So when we were like, all right. So when, like that 2000, 2008 ish. Yes. Time period. Okay. So cool. it was around the 2008. I'm still, I'm still not remembering who were these guys. We have these pictures and the guy, one guy is With pictures. There, yeah. It's a, there's a picture on Facebook, um, of us together at this place. But yeah, he's, it was just these two guys that like they asked, they asked us both out. So <laughs> I was like, huh. all right. Um, what else did we do? We just went to Oregon Stop Pizza and ate pizza? I don't know. I think we did something I, else. I have like zero recollection of this. <laughs> it was a date. And that was that was one of the funny things that he said that he was just like, I didn't <laughs> I didn't think I could only ask one of you out. So I, I found a friend <laughs> so we could both ask you guys out. Not Siamese twins. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's funny. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.